You are listening to the Let's Talk About Sex Trafficking Podcast. Your co-hosts, Christy Wells and Brittany Dunn, will interview survivors, industry experts, and community leaders who are committed to increasing survivor identification beyond 1%. This is the first step to ending child sex trafficking in America by 2030. Join us for real facts, real stories, and real ways you can be part of the movement to end child trafficking. Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Brittany Dunn, and I am excited to have with us today Phil The Voice and Vincent, two incredible gentlemen that I've had the privilege of getting to know over the past few months, and really was um, inspired by the fact that they just um, put on a concert called Stop the Traffic, we are going to be chatting a little bit about their involvement in the issue of trafficking and how music and culture has the ability to transform our communities. So thanks for being on today, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, give me a little bit of background about you guys. How has this season been for you? What are the unique challenges or gifts that you have found amidst COVID? Oh, well, I think like the rest of the world, right, right? Uh, radically. As you know, services have just had to change. We had to go the way of technology and really focus on those core elements that really to Acts chapter two and, and get together with people and, and kind of do it however we can, whether through Zoom or Skype or however we can, social distancing. So it's been really an interesting challenge as, as well as that translating over to the music side of things. It's been unique. You know, we've, we've been given a lot more time to really focus on our craft and and what we love doing at the same time, it's been a challenge. It's been hard being isolated and it's been extremely challenging in some ways as we've been by God's hand, I think providentially, you know, forced to face ourselves. And so it's been a blessing. It's been a growing time and it's really caused us to have to dig deep and get creative on how we're going to reach people. But yeah. Yeah. I think that that says volumes. I mean, as both a pastor and as a cultural influencer, you've had to probably fill quite a few of these different roles and try to figure out how to adjust, and that's, that's significant. Yeah, Bernard. Alrighty, well, to get started, can you all share with us a little bit about why, what drew you to the, traf- the, the issue of trafficking? How did that come about for you all? Okay, um, so I have a men's group that we meet outside in a community area in an outdoor strip mall. And, uh, you know, we've heard about it. We saw news clippings and in our mind, it was like something that happened only like another side of the world. And uh, the next week we came, we talked about the men's group. The next week we came and one of the security guards said that they tried to snatch a little girl in the, uh, in the strip mall. And we're like, whoa, this is like in our backyard now, right? So we prayed about it and, and we're like, what could we do? Like I started asking myself, what could I do? I like to put actions to my faith, you know, and I'm like, what can I really do? I'm not. A uh, police officer, FBI, how can I help, you know? And uh, literally, like, a week later in the news, it came out that, like, 15 minutes from my house, they, they busted a sex trafficking ring. And I'm like, okay, this is really in my backyard. This is not on the other side of the world no more. And uh, so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, God, I want to do something more than just pray about it, you know? And then I ended up reconnecting with Phil at, at, at an event, and we got together and fellowshiped, and what, what's on our heart came out. And we ended up talking about the same thing, and he already had been devising some things and planning some things, and I was just like, let me jump in. And that's kind of how it started. Yeah, my wife had recently been back from a trip from Spain as well as from Greece where we were working. She was working with a ministry we've supported over 20 years from our church, Project Rescue. 
And so Jonathan Barrett is a personal friend of ours. And so we started building just more of a relationship. And I'm kind of in my fellowship of the Assemblies of God, an oddball. I kind of stand out because I focus on urban ministry and uh, in music, as well as pastoring a flock out here in L.A. And uh, I thought, what an opportunity we could have to kind of garner those people who already follow his ministry and, and maybe bridge the gap between the urban culture and Christian hip-hop, CHH. And so having over 20 years of experience in gospel rap, I just said, hey, this makes sense. And my wife came back with these stories that ripped my heart out. Obviously, we've been a part of it. Well, I say obviously. We have been a part of supporting ministries locally in Los Angeles, from the Dream Center to other Assembly of God ministries. But really, I felt, man, this is a really opportune moment for us to bridge those, those gaps and throw all of our associations and affiliations away and just try to help people who are in need. I started researching the concept of the young boys going through abuses. Myself as a young kid, I really felt a level of ownership and like, yo, I can only imagine what I went through multiplied extensively daily what these boys go through. And I started doing some of the math, looking at the International Labor Association, some really interesting journal entries on some academic journals. And I just was like, wow, this is pervasive. And it's not in any way that we weren't interested in the plight of the female. It's just that it really struck a chord with me personally. So I wrote a song called Stop That Traffic. And that's when me and Vince had connected. And we were just talking about life building, different ventures that we were into. And we just said, let's work together on this. And so we donated whatever money that we made that was profit and are continuing to to Project Rescue and are looking to help other ministries as well. It's not that it's super lucrative. We are trying to really hit this from a multifaceted aspect and really say, how can we use our voices, our platforms, our gifting sets and our finances to really garner more attention for the young boys, the close to 1,100 boys daily that are trafficked globally. And how can we not just lift awareness, but actually help the people who are now understanding that this is a pervasive issue right in our backyard, like Vince said, how can we help them with the tools to be able to identify and report these things? And so that's really that was really the heart behind it. And then my wife said, you guys need to throw a tour. And I, I was like, well, let's pray about that. You know, that's a really Christian thing to say, right? But it's true. We need to pray about everything. And she said, you should call it This Tour Stops Traffic, because on the front of the single, it says This Song Stops Traffic. On the T-shirts that me and Vince made, it says This T-shirt Stops Traffic. The hat says This Hat Stops Traffic, et cetera. And we were just like, yeah, this feels right. And so people got on board. Got over money, reached records, artists, you know, just everybody jumped on board. And it's just been a labor of love. And it's been such a blessing, you know. It's incredible. Safe House Project was also founded from a Christian hip-hop artist who went to South Africa and saw that need over there. And then Legend came back and said that exact same thing. And what I love every time, whether it's U2 or Legend or David Zoff with Remedy Dry, is these artists who are saying, I know what I do well, and these are my talents, and I can take those and deploy those for the building efforts to really see uh, a hard issue eradicated. And so I just love that your all's um, voices are out there as men who are saying, no, I want to see these kids rescued. I want to see them identified. I want to see them restored. And so it's just such an encouragement. I know for us, we walk alongside a lot of girls and women who obviously need that female mentorship. But considering that 35% of trafficking um, victims in the United States now are boys, we have to have men that can be strong role models for them and provide that level of mentorship. And I really think that you all are leading from the front 
on how the church can be the tip of the spear, how culture can be the tip of the spear to really bring about meaningful change. So Yeah, and I have to thank Vince. Vince has so many uh, just great friendships that he really tapped into to be able to make this thing a reality and just made the phone calls. And from spending years and in investing in artists like myself and others, man, he really uh, was such a major portion of this. So I just got to give props for props are due and, and thank Jesus for all of us who just uh, got into it. We just, I think with artists, it's really easy to get our egos involved and it's just something that goes with the territory. And so it was so beautiful to see everybody just humbly come and be a part from that level to even Billy with media and repertoire who came through and just not only connected us here, but just connected us with so many other people that could just jump on board and really strengthen this voice because it's so much bigger than artistry. It's so much bigger than clothing. It's so much bigger than a podcast. It's about souls that are hurting and that are being taken advantage of. And we have a window right now to help, uh, especially amidst the COVID situation that it's really opened up a lot more doors for uh, us to be able to help people to get these young women and men out of this terrible trap. So it's yeah. really, really been a unique time, a really unique season that we're part of. I want to go back to the, to the tour a little bit. The reason why it was impactful is because it, the impact was in the details. And, you know, since Phil has given me a little props, I want to give him props. He really got the details down. And from that, some testimonies are that there's local ministries that are now researching and, and uh, finding ways to help. So there was people that were activated. That was the, the vision that Phil had was that activists would be activated. And there was, and that's something we prayed for. And I praise God for that. And <clears throat> again, the details is where the impact was. You know, it was great, this big concert, cool. You know, the stage, the lighting is all great, but the details is what really ministered to people. It was uh, cool. Thank you, Phil, for staying up and doing all that. Oh man, it's my pleasure, bro. And one of the cool things that we did do is between every set, there was portions of different documentaries that we would show, give translations of some of the young boys that were in the Far East that kind of were going through the daily lifestyles of, as a underage prostitute. And so between the songs, between the sets, there were stats, there were some really cool, just little portions that we were able to roll. And I really felt it was a thread of consciousness, not in some new age sense consciousness, but, but social awareness that really brought us to a place where we could come together and even though we were entertained, we were challenged to really make a difference. So thank you for that. And it was all God. But uh, I really do believe that we're going to see lasting impact as we continue to, at God's leading, really merge the worlds of fashion, art, and faith in a way with excellence that hopefully continues to be something that just grows exponentially in whatever way that God really wants it to. You know. So thanks for having us on. It's a blessing to be here. Yeah, that's yeah, my pleasure because really... This is a movement, and I think that's what you all have really highlighted, too, is that this isn't about one organization or one government agency or any one individual being able to really tackle this issue. It has to be everybody coming together and demanding an end to something because it's happening to so many individuals and communities where there maybe isn't strong law enforcement or there isn't oversight or, you know, there's challenges. and so. We have to be the hands and feet of Jesus and just step in and love people in a way that is um, unconditional and meet them where they are. So for you all, I mean, really, what do you think are some of the ways that you think communities can engage as we move forward and come back together as a society? I think if we go back to the reason why really I was pressed to do it, you know, to get involved, 
you know, and so going back to to that man's group out in, in um, the strip mall, what really is going to, I think, really kind of um, spark people to get involved is to, it becomes a reality in their life. So my kids, my daughter and my son, they frequent that area, you know, and my daughter, she's a young woman and my son's 12 years old. And I'm like, they, they go to these places all the time. And like, they literally try to snatch a girl from that area. How can we just sit back and not do anything? You know, whether it be share an app that like you guys created or the information that Phil has on his website or just advocate in some degree, you know, it just has to be. Yeah, I think some of the practical, tactical ways that we've done it is, like Vince said, we set up a link uh, where you can go right to vinestylerecords.com and just download uh, an educational PDF that kind of shows you how to identify this in a nutshell and then gives us links to go through through classes that educate the everyday person on how to identify them. Um, and so it's really been one of the ways that we've done that is through that. The other way is through financially giving to groups like yourself, Project Rescue, or even my nonprofit, which is Vine Style, Vine Style Ministries, where we are engaging. I'm actually in our headquarters right now in, in Montclair, where we set up interventions to help people to find freedom of various forms. And so wherever people find fit, they can financially give, or I think what else is really neat is they can buy a hoodie still. So we're not padding our pockets with that. That Not even a portion of that goes to us other than to buy the cloth and the print. And so they can buy a hoodie, they can wear it, they can talk about it, they can bump, stop that traffic, they can support the artists that have been on the tour. And I think that ultimately at the end of the day, they need to raise up their voices and say, you know what, we're not having it. And this is still going on because the awareness and the vocal nature of this movement, I really believe to be in the truest sense, biblically prophetic, and that God is concerned with the plight of the orphan. And if we don't take up that cause, we're not really participating in true religion. And uh, so I think just some of the, those are, I, I guess, three of the practical ways financially with the hoodies and then also going and getting education. I think that's what we're hoping for. Can I just say something? I still feel this is so big and so huge. I feel like even insignificant. Like, I mean, what am I really doing? But I got to realize that it just me doing my small part and adds to a bunch of people's small parts and it becomes big. But like, this is so overwhelming. Like, this is horrible. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't even know, like, what, I mean, I'm hoping I'm making a difference, you know? I, I think we are. And I think one, like you said, one day at a time, one person at a time. And I always feel if one person is taken out and helped from a song we wrote or some finances we gave that helped to be re rehabilitated or if somebody finds some awareness from this that we win, you know, God wins. It's worth every bit of the time, the energy. Absolutely. I mean, I think that we can't measure it by the world standards. And if we try to do that, then it's really hard and it looks too big. And that's where then we want to step away and say, this is a hard issue. And we can't measure it by those standards. We have to look at the lives that are being changed, whether that's one, 10, 50, 1,000. It doesn't really matter yeah. the number because at the end of the day, I find that living life alongside survivors isn't about one moment in time. It's about a lifetime of friendship and helping people feel like they belong in a community. And I think that's the power of what a movement provides is that, that community that I think all of us want to feel part of that fellowship. And I think that's the power of what, what you all are doing and what you're really 
the voice you're bringing to it, especially within the hip hop community, which obviously the Christian hip hop community has a different subculture, but you look at the larger hip hop community and there's a lot of power in trying to express messages that are uplifting and that, you know, talk about that every human has value, dignity, and worth. Right. Yeah, and I and I think this is knitting together different subcultures and different uh, circles of influence in a unique way. I recently, got contacted by the Utah, and I'm in LA, but the Utah Attorney General's Task Force for Human Trafficking, and they said, "Hey, we want you to come out and do your rap song at one of our events." And I was like, floored, because I'm thinking, "Yo, I know they were talking about Ivanka Trump being there, Trump being there, and all this stuff." I'm thinking, you know, there ain't a lot of hip hoppers there. So I just, I think it's indicative of something that God's doing that's, like Vince said, help each individual group kind of get their voices up and help us get a little bit of a unity in that movement and, and just know we're not alone and every person counts, right? Every person counts. They really do. So what is one message that you would want survivors to hear or somebody who's watching this who maybe doesn't even fully understand the issue and, you know, maybe going, well, is that what happened to me? I think the one thing we'd want them to know is that they can make a difference with their voice. Their voice counts. We see over and over in the context of the scripture that God uses people who are willing, not always people who are prolific, not always people who are powerful, but people who are willing to be used. And I think that that really is, is my message is that, hey, use what you have in your hand, whatever God's placed in it, just like Moses had a staff, just like David had a, a smooth stone and he had his, his slingshot. We use what we have to, for the glory of God with the best of our ability, whether we have a T-shirt, a hoodie, an artistic eye, a, a desire to really make a podcast, whatever it is, use it and leverage that for the kingdom of God because God can use you. And that, I think, would be the biggest thing. And uh, don't forget those who are in a, in a tough spot. Don't just be satisfied with your own comfort. I think that would be the second message. And push beyond kind of this cultural Christianity that we have that focuses on self so much and look to those who are less fortunate and be a voice for them and help them. Now, I would just say the the subtle way of, the, well, it's not really subtle, but the teacher and the hoodie and stuff, it's given, and I found out through social media, it's given some girls that have been part of some type of abuse a voice. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that it does that, like whether it be hearing the song, sharing the song, or wearing the hat where they can actually um, find that voice to share what happened to them because that's empowering to somebody going through it, you know, or trying to survive, you know, where they find a voice to it. So that's another goal. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Before we sign off, is there anything else that either one of you wants to share with us today? I just thank you again for having us. And, you know, we pray blessings on your ministry that God would add to you guys in 2021, you know, that you would grow in your impact for the kingdom. Amen. As we close, William Wilberforce once said, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never again say that you did not know. We've all had defining moments in our lives where we faced a choice to either engage or look the other way. Make your choice now to engage. Subscribe to our podcast for future content involving how you can make a difference in stopping trafficking by 2030.